0: Log talk radio
1: you're listening to sports unlimited on southern sports central and it starts right now Everyone and welcome to Sports Unlimited, right here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing, and I've got a great show lined up for you, filled with some great guests and some uh, great, great talk uh, this morning ahead of Week Three in college football, Week Two in the NFL, and of course Week Four in high school football here in South Carolina. At eight o'clock, we should we'll have Andre Washington, uh, Ridgeview quarterback, who just committed to South Carolina State last week. He'll be coming on at eight. At eight thirty, we'll have Lou Bezdek from the state coming on as usual. And at nine, we'll have Ian Guerin from Iori News coming on. And as always, if you if you guys want to get your thoughts in on anything uh, football, anything sports related. On any level, be sure to call on in three two three seven eight four nine six eight one is the number to call. That number again three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. We'll start things off in the NFL. And last night, hey Thursday Night Football has not disappointed. It has not, uh, you know, a few years ago it was, you know, the joke was and rightfully so outside of the first game, and even and the consequences, for the most part, you could probably say the same about this game, but the joke was for, has been for so long that, you know, oh, the Thursday night game is kind of the throwaway game. Yes, it's a national game, but no one really cares about it. And you know, if any, if the last two weeks have been any indication, no matter who's playing, it's going to be an entertaining game. Because last night, Washington beats the Giants at the end of the game on a game-winning field goal after an all sides call gives them a second chance. They missed the first. They missed the first kick that was brought back uh but then they eventually do uh they they do get the second kick and they do end up winning the game um uh, you cannot leave that much time left on the clock exactly 2 minutes left on the clock uh for Washington to do something with the ball um I forget how many timeouts they had. Um But they used uh they only they only had to use one timeout in that entire drive at the end of the game. That's just that's just completely unacceptable. Um I think I've mentioned it before, I'm a Giants fan, so I'm talking about this in terms of the Giants, uh, but yeah, that is, you just can't, we talked about it last week with Brady, uh, and you know, we we talked about it last week when it came to Brady and leaving him any sort of time, but especially because this is one of the big things, you know, everyone talks about the two minute drill. This is one of those big things that everyone talks about and everyone knows, okay, this, you know, this is what, um, this is what, uh, we, you know, this is what we need to do. This is what, you know, the two-minute drill is one of those things that every NFL team, every head coach knows by heart. They know what they're going to do. They have a game plan ready to go in case they get put into that situation. And we've seen for the last two weeks that oftentimes it works. And, yes, last week it was because of the radio. You like you have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback out there. You don't have the the top of the line quarterback out there. I mean, yes, you can say you know Heineke isn't exactly the you know quarterback on the planet, but he's not the best either. You know, if he were on just about any other team, I would say he's a backup. So, you know. I think this more so than anything proves that the 2-minute drill works. Um especially now it's one thing if it's a touchdown lead or or a you know a 6-point lead where you need to get a touchdown. But when you give them if it's when it's just a 2-point lead that you know I think any team worth its weight is going to be able to do is going to be able to accomplish that um, the other thing that but so like I said you just can't allow teams to have that you know have that perfect opportunity at the end of the game if you're going to be a legitimate contender and now with the Giants 2-0 and you have to wonder when do they start Thinking about the future and what their plans are for Daniel Jones, what their plans are in terms of Gettleman. There's a lot of question marks in New York with the Giants. But before I get before I get to some stats about that and how bad the Giants are lately, something else when it came to this game in particular, the Giants only had two drives of 10 or more players. You can't win games if you can't hang on to the ball. And that was the issue. That's what gave the Giants, or that's what gave Washington their opportunity, is that the Giants, the, the, the drive previously, after getting an interception, mind you, and starting in their territory... They only go four plays. Well, te- technically five plays, or no, 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 four plays. I take that back. And that that's actually where the where Washington used two of their timeouts. Um, but you know they only go four plays, thirteen yards. Only you know, even if yes, the the. The the field goal would give them the lead, but still only 19 or no, excuse me, 16 seconds off the clock in that drive after after getting an interception, mind you, and having the starting off with the ball in in the red zone. That's completely unacceptable for a team if you want to have any sort of success in the NFL. Absolutely unacceptable. So, this... I think this game... I think this is an indictment on both teams, honestly. Because the Giants played like crap last night. And if Washington has to have a... You know, walk off field goal to win a game against the Giants. Are they really going to be able to compete against the you know for the best teams in the league? I don't think so. And you know, let let's move on to the NFC East as a whole for a second. You know the you know looking at this game, neither team's going anywhere. We know that already. But on top of that, the Cowboys are having uh, injury issues. the The Eagles actually looked very good last week. Um, you know they they, but then again, it is Atlanta. Atlanta has been on a downswing for the past couple of years. So I don't really even know how much you can take out of that win. So once again the you know, the NFC East looks like it's gonna be a dumpster fire. I think it's probably Dallas and Philly who are one and two in the division now. At this point. But Dallas is having some injury woes already. So yeah, it's it's not looking good for for any of these teams in the NFC East. Um so yeah. That that's my ta- that's my thoughts on on last night's game and and how everything went last night. And yeah, if you're an NFC East fan, especially if you're a Giants fan like me, unfortunately it's Probably going to be a bit of a long season. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I hate saying it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, before I move forward. Here's a stat that really shows the how futile the Giants have been over the last few years. This is the fifth straight year that the Giants have started 0-2. And that's the longest stretch in the NFL since the Rams had that stretch from 2007 to 2011. So, yeah, they're, they're not in a good position. And you have to wonder now, like I said, you have to wonder now how long, you know, is the clock ticking on both Gettleman and Daniel Jones? time will only tell on that. So with that being said, let's uh let's go through some of the other games. Let's go through the uh weekend games, the rest of the games for this week uh and and the next couple of weeks. Well, no, not the next couple of weeks. What am I saying? Go through the the games for this week and give you my thoughts thoughts on those games. Uh, So, we'll start out with Cincy and Chicago. I mean, Cincy didn't look bad this week. They, you know, Cincy didn't look bad this week against Minnesota. They were able to beat Minnesota in overtime, which was a bit of a shocker. Uh, But, at the same time, you know, Chicago... Chicago, well, Chicago didn't exactly look all that great against l a this game may be closer than a lot of people think, but i I still think Chicago has enough to win this game. I think Chicago has be in Chicago. Chicago has to be the team that team to be in that. Houston and Cleveland you know, Houston while they didn't look well, they looked pretty impressive actually against Jacksonville, but this is Jacksonville we're talking about. I still don't think Houston's going to be a great team this year um, without Deshaun Watson and whatnot Uh, but now here's their first real test uh because Cleveland while they lost to Kansas City, they were playing very well against Kansas City. And it and it a it, uh, uh Patrick Mahomes miracle was what forced, you know, was the only way they managed to win that game. So especially with this one being in Cleveland, I think I will have to take Cleveland in this one. But I think this game is going to be another one that, you know, a lot of people are going to be writing off Houston, but I think this may be a closer game than a lot of people expect. L.A. and Indianapolis. L.A. looked a lot better than I thought they would be, and Indianapolis looked about how I thought they would look. So I'm going to, L.A. is going to win that one pretty handily. Buffalo and Miami is going to be an interesting one because Miami, while they they had to fight to beat New England, to beat New England, but they they did it. They were able to beat them, and then Buffalo, uh, Buffalo actually lost to Pittsburgh, which was a bit of a shock, but not. Too huge of a shock. There were some big... There were some upsets last week uh, that I think surprised a a few people. But I don't think Miami's there quite yet. It is in Miami, though. I think this is going to be another close game, but I I will say uh, Buffalo wins this one. Patriots and Jets you know the the jets didn't play all that well i mean they they played better in the second half that's for sure and they made it a game but this is against carolina who is also probably won't be all that great the patriots against miami they lost but you know they made it a game they that was a close one like i mentioned i think new england wins this game uh, but it is an interesting matchup. Two rookie quarterbacks going head to head, two teams that kinda are trying to figure out what they are and where they're going to be this season. Uh so yeah, newer New England and New York, that should be a fun one. San Francisco and Philly, that's gonna be another one that's gonna be beating uh Atlanta pretty handily. San Francisco beat Detroit. Kind of handily, but not really. Uh, And so, where does that game, you know, who wins that one? I'm going to, especially with it being at Philly, I think I'm going to take Philly. I think I'm going to take Philly. Now, could I see San Francisco winning that game? Absolutely. But I think Philly wins that one. Vegas against Pittsburgh, this is a game of uh, between two surprises, uh, I would say, because Pittsburgh being Buffalo was not expecting that, you know, Pittsburgh, you weren't sure what you were going to see with them. I do think they're going to make the playoffs, especially after that win. But you weren't sure how good they were going to be. And Vegas... You know, granted it was in overtime, but being able to beat uh, Baltimore, they may be better than a lot of people think. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in this one, but Vegas, I think, is going to be a legitimate threat this year. Nollins in Carolina. This is one... Well, actually, no, this one's an easy one. Because I think especially with how New Orleans played against Green Bay, and we'll talk about Green Bay in a second. Yes, Carolina beat the Jets, but it's the Jets. I think New Orleans is going to wipe the floor with Carolina today, or or on Sunday. I could be wrong, and I kind of hope I'm wrong. I want to see a good game there, but I just don't see it. Denver and Jacksonville, this is a game of amongst other dwellers. Like we mentioned, Jacksonville lost to uh, lost to Houston. Denver was able to beat the Giants, but it's the Giants. So, this is going to be one that, you know, I think Denver probably wins this game, but I don't know. You know, th- that's going to be one of those. It's going to be, you know, this is going to be one of those games that may impact the draft. This isn't going to impact the playoffs, but it may impact what team is picking where. And both teams may not want to win this game. So it should be – that would be an interesting game, to, interesting game to watch because obviously as a competitor – You want to win and everything? Franchise level, do you really? Uh, Next, you got Minnesota and Arizona. Minnesota coming off of a disappointing loss to Cincinnati in overtime. Arizona coming off of a thrashing of Tennessee. You know, Minnesota's definitely going to want to bounce back, but especially with this being in Arizona, I got to pick Arizona for this game. Atlanta and Tampa Bay, oh, God, this is going to be a... This game's going to be a blowout. Just looking at how Atlanta played last week. Tampa Bay is going to ru- wipe the floor with Atlanta in this game. Dallas and the Chargers. This is going to be one of those games that, you know, uh, Dallas is going to want... Re- want to get some pay get get into the win column for the first time this year. Get a little bit of momentum going. Uh, Chargers are going to want to continue their momentum after being Washington last week. You know, Los Angeles, yeah, I'm picking the Chargers. Opening up the new digs for them at least. Uh, Rams opened the, them up last week in overall. Uh, But, yeah, I got to go with the Chargers in that game. Tennessee and Seattle, like I said, you know, no matter what Tennessee does, well, for one, they lost to Arizona last week. So, you know, they're not exactly exuding confidence at this point anyway. But even if they had been able to beat Arizona, I, you know, they still don't exactly exude confidence. So I'm picking Seattle in that one, especially with it being in Seattle. Uh, Kansas City and Baltimore—that's going to be an interesting game. Baltimore coming off of a tough loss uh, last week, losing to uh, the the Raiders in in overtime on Monday Night Football. Ran, or uh, Chiefs coming off of you know, a, a big come from behind victory against Cleveland. This game, especially with well, it's in Baltimore. This is gonna be a close game, but I think Kansas City has enough to uh to to pull it off. And then finally, Monday night football. This is a this game is more interesting now than it would have been going into the season. Because just looking at it on paper, you're thinking, oh, Green Bay, hands down, has this one in the bag. But Detroit played San Francisco close, and with how bad the Packers were last week, it makes you wonder. The, the Pack- I don't think they are. I think they're going to win this game. They're going to get that rebound. They're going to get that payback. But you have to, you, you know, it's it's something that you have to take into consideration uh, when it comes to this game. Of you know, if if the Packers lose this game, what happens then? Um. That's my thoughts on this week's game. Uh, I'm gonna take a quick break, and then when we return, got some college football notes for you guys, and uh, and then we're gonna go down. We're gonna go from top to bottom down the uh, levels, from NFL to college, and then uh, high school at the top of the hour. So be sure to stick, stay tuned right here to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
2: breaks out loud. This <laughs> is in case-
1: back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central and we're going to now transition over to some college football notes. Uh, got a couple of games tonight. Um, Louisville and UCF that should be an interesting game uh, especially with it being in Louisville um, you know the, the Cardinals played pretty well last week. Um, but UCF has been playing very well as well. The question is, who, who bites first? Um, uh, and that question, I don't really know. I think this, you know, this is going to be one of those games that, you know, you just have to wait and see what what happens. I, I'm gonna personally, especially with it being at Louisville, I'm gonna pick Louisville for that game tonight. Uh and then what you would have thought as the Battle of the Cellar Dwellers, but you know, Maryland's played kinda well start off the season. Granted they haven't really played uh anyone huge. But, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe this is get some momentum for them and some confidence. Uh, I'm going to pick Illinois tonight. I think with them being at home, uh, I think Illinois wins wins that game tonight. Uh, Before I get into, you know, the Saturday games and, and some of the bigger games, Over the weekend Uh, Clay Henton Or excuse me Clay Hilton uh, was let Go By USC as their head coach Last week Or yeah, yeah Earlier this week And I mean it's not really all that Much of a surprise With the way the Trojans started off the season But now the Now the big question is twofold. One, does this help them bounce back and, and, you know, maybe get a little bit of momentum going, uh, going into conference play and and all of that and try to make some sort of run at at something this year? Uh, Or, excuse me, they're one and one to start off, but 0-1 now in, in conference play. Uh, you have to wonder, you know, how does this, you know, how does this firing and bringing in a new coach after two weeks, how does that impact the team? Uh, and that's going to be the big question mark for them going in going into this week uh, because they've got uh they've got a fairly tough opponent in Washington state and it's at washington state no less so it's not like it's gonna be an easy easy contest for them uh, so that's gonna be a uh that's Definitely going to be a question mark for them um, moving forward into into this week and, and moving forward into the rest of the season. And the big question mark. And everyone's already speculating after how Jacksonville lost this past week. Everyone's saying, oh, Urban is going to figure out a way out of Jacksonville and, and to, to USC. I doubt that happens. uh Well, for a number of reasons. For one, because Urban Meyer doesn't exactly seem like the type of coach that just quits on a team. Yes, I know everyone thinks that that's what he did at Florida with the heart attack. Um, I, I don't think so. And second, the more important aspect is that I'm pretty sure he's under contract and there's no way he could get out of it. And move on to a next, uh, move on to another team. That that's just not going to happen. Um, but it that's going to be it, it's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. It you know, what what does this do for uh, for USC moving forward into into the rest of the season? Looking at some of the matchups for Week Three, let's run down some of these real quick. Uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma. Oh God, that's going to be a blowout. Oh, real quick before I before I get into uh, you know this week because I, I, I got. That. Let me let me just go on a little a, a little rant real quick, and you know I've talked about it already. Uh, you know I've talked about it a bunch. I talked about it last year. Didn't talk about it last year as I have in years past on other shows, uh, because of the pandemic and because of you know me feeling like maybe it wasn't right to be. Focusing on it so much when there was so much uncertainty on whether there would even be games. But now this year with, with you know, not really back to normal in that sense, but a lot of people are moving forward and we have a regular season and all of that. Let me just go and and we are getting closer. Don't get me wrong we are getting closer to for uh with the proposal i like the 12 team proposal all of that i really hope it gets passed because you can just look at the first 2 weeks of the college football uh of the college football season and already there's chaos Clemson lost, Oklahoma lost, or excuse me, uh, not Oklahoma. Clemson lost, Ohio State lost. Um, I feel like there's another team that everyone expected to be undefeated at this point. I I literally was about to bring him up. Hold on a sec. Okay. Yeah. No. Oklahoma has lost it for a second. I thought they they had. They haven't yet. But still, Clemson losing, Ohio State losing are two big blows. And already, you have already you have the potential for some issues. Because here's the thing. I'm already gonna. I'm just gonna say it outright already, and I know we're early, uh, and thus I I know that a lot of things can change over the next ten weeks or so. Everyone who is undefeated stays. Now, obviously, this is impossible. Well, I, yeah, it's impossible actually. But if everyone stays undefeated uh, up until this point, well, actually, no, it's not impossible. If everyone stays undefeated that are undefeated right now until the end of the season, until conference championship weekend, at this point now, with how, uh, how, you know, game between Clemson and Georgia, no matter who wins the SEC title game, I have a feeling, and this is going to piss off a lot of people in a lot of areas of the country, I have a feeling that if, if that happens, that both Alabama and Georgia will get in, along with probably Oklahoma and Oregon. It will stay as it is. That's going to piss
3: off a lot of people.
1: Going to piss off uh, Iowa, Iowa fans,
3: because
1: they'd be undefeated and they'd be the Big Ten champion. But I could, I could easily see because this happened a few years ago with Iowa, where I think they weren't undefeated, but they. They or were they? No, I don't think they were undefeated. But they had one loss, and they they had a legitimate claim to get into the playoffs. But they didn't because of their name recognition value, and that's what's going to happen here this year if everything stays the way it is. Iowa would get snubbed. Uh, Cincinnati, obviously, again, will get snubbed. Now, obviously, some of the lower end, low, the teams lower down would have to lose. But this year is already setting up for a potential double SEC being put in and thus even more controversy when it comes to the playoffs. And we're so close to it, you know, people can almost taste it. But until I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Until the committee says, yes, we are moving forward with a 12-team playoff with clear-cut rules on how you get in. Everyone has a fair opportunity to get into the playoffs. All Football Invitational Called National Champion The National Champion Is mythical Because You you just don't You don't have a fair system Simple as that So that's my You know Probably going to be a weekly Playoff rant because, you know, like I said last year, I'm calling it the college football invitational. Because that's exactly what it is. It's an invitational, and it's not a real playoff. But, so, yeah. So, like I said, you know, Oklahoma against Nebraska. Oklahoma's going to Texas A&M. And New Mexico, Texas A&M. Uh, at Indian Indiana, that could be an interesting game, but I think since he wins it, uh, Virginia Tech and West Virginia, Virginia Tech's going to win that game. Coastal and Buffalo, that'll be a fun game to watch. Coastal's going to blow out Buffalo, I think. Michigan State and Miami, uh, this is going to be an interesting game because Michigan State has been playing pretty well to start off the season. Um, Miami obviously had to face Alabama week one, and that's where their one loss comes from. But I think, especially with it being at Miami, I think Miami wins that game. Uh, Michigan's going to blow out Northern Illinois, uh, Kentucky's probably going to beat Chattanooga. A lot of, uh, a lot of FCS games this week, which, you know, normally, you know, they're there's the money games there, cat, you know, cat out you know, the lower schools get blown out just for a payday um, Boston College and temple should be could be an interesting game. um I think Temple has enough to be able to win that game uh, but I think I'm probably gonna have to pick Boston College to win that one. Uh, let's see. What are some other good games this weekend? Uh, Notre Dame-Purdue, I think, yeah, Notre Dame's going to win that game. Alabama and Florida. This is going to be the first real test for Florida. And even even with it being at the Swamp, I just don't see it. I think Miami, uh i I think uh or in that one. I don't think it's gonna be a complete blowout, but i don't I also don't think it's gonna be exactly close either uh Clemson and Georgia Tech, I think yeah Clemson's gonna win that one uh, let's see any other good games this weekend. USC and Washington state like I said it's going you know it'll be interesting to see how USC does after their fo- their coach gets fired um especially on the road I think USC probably has enough to win that game but who knows who knows uh Outside of that, not too many, you know, there's a lot of smaller games that you know, should be fun to watch. You know, Marshall, that should be an interesting game. Uh, Liberty and Old Dominion could be fun. Georgia and South Carolina, let's get to that one real quick. And first, before I talk about the game itself, uh, Shane Beamer said that Doty should be 100% this week. Not a hundred percent sure if he's gonna start or play or whatnot this week. But especially against Georgia, I could see him playing. But with how well, uh, you know uh with how well Zeb has been playing, I could see it being, you know, at least him starting or, you know, something to try to ease Doty back into the starting lineup. But, yeah, this game... Do I think the Gamecocks are going to make it at least a bit of a game? Yes. But, yeah, it's, it's a little too early. Yes, I know that they had that huge miracle upset last season. I just don't see it happening again. I'm sorry. I just... I don't especially with it being at Sanford. Georgia's going to win this game. I don't think they're going to wipe the floor with the Gamecocks this weekend, but I think it's going to be Georgia's game to lose. That's that's for sure. Uh, Looking at some other games... Like I mentioned, not not too many games. Oh, Auburn and Penn State. This should be a fun one. And especially with it being a whiteout at Beaver Stadium, I think Penn State wins this game. I think Penn State comes out on top. Um, another game that's going to be interesting to watch, especially considering how they played against their opponent's rival, in the beginning of the season, Virginia and North Carolina. Yes, this is in Chapel Hill. But I think Virginia will at least keep the game close. I I won't say they will beat them, but I'll say that they have a chance. Uh, looking at some other games, Ole Miss- Ole Miss and Tulane, I think Ole Miss should be able to win that game pretty easily. And oh the the night cap the the big night cap cap game. BYU newly uh newly big twelve BYU against Arizona State, twenty three against nineteen. I think I'm going to go with BYU. I think BYU is going to ride the wave of the the momentum of being announced to the Big 12 last week. And they're going to... I think they're going to win this game. I think they win this game to show that they can be a legitimate threat to anyone in college football. Um... You know, and and show that they're, you know, that they're going to be a legitimate threat uh, moving forward as as they head into being uh, a power five program. Now I don't know how much of a power five the the Big Twelve will be with these additions, Uh, but people. Kind of well, people kind of said that when they when they lost some programs, but then added you know the likes of t c u and whatnot uh back in twenty twelve but this is a little different. I think this is a little different because you're losing your two iconic programs. I think they're still gonna be considered a power five uh, and have a seat at the table, certainly, but The question is going to be, do they get, do they basically become like the American where, now this could all change obviously with the expansion of the playoffs, but if there is no expansion, are they, you know, almost automatically the odd man out? And it's basically whoever wins the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, and SEC. Are the are the teams to get into the pl- uh, into the quote unquote playoffs? That's something we're just gonna have to wait and see. Wait, wait to see what happens uh, with that. Um, but yeah, it's you know that's gonna be something interesting uh, to keep an eye on over the next couple of years. Obviously, as realignment uh, starts to build. To- Who knows what the next domino to drop will be? Because you know there's going to be another domino. Whether it's... Because here's the thing. The American just got... Just got ransacked. You know, they lost three of their, you know, bigger programs. So... Where do they go from here? so they're they're definitely gonna have to move make a move, and now, and then that's going to that's going to have that trickle down effect down to the uh the lower group of five schools so uh I'll take a quick break, and then when I come back, I will have andre Washington Ridview quarterback coming on. At the top of the hour, talk to him about his recruitment, his big upset loss last week, and a few other things in his senior season right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Back to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biskabing, and joining me, like I mentioned, Andre Washington from Ridgeview. Andre, good morning.
4: good morning. Good morning.
1: First off, congratulations on uh your commitment to SC State. What was the main deciding factor on you deciding to go to South Carolina State?
4: Um, I say not too far from home. I like the offense, and um, I really like the coaching staff and a couple of my teammates. They used to go to Ridgeview. Go there now.
1: You mentioned the offense. What's the main thing about you know how are a lot of the plays similar and a lot of the form you know the the system similar to what you're running over at Ridgeview right now?
4: From what I've seen, yes, sir. Everything looks like pretty similar. I like to throw the ball and run the ball, so it's pretty balanced you know, i I would be like that.
1: what was one of the thing or what's one of the things you're most excited for uh in your final year of high school, whether it's on the field or off uh that's a tough one I say trying to pursue
4: a trying to get a state ring again state championship.
1: Well you're gonna you, you 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 definitely have a uh tough road ahead of you uh for you know when it comes to that and you guys had a big setback this past week, a big upset loss, losing the great collegiate. What's the team's mentality going into this week and what do you guys have to do to rebound from that type of loss?
4: Um Just doing the little things that are coming together. And um, just like, like, have a target on your back because we just lost a a big game. So I feel like we shouldn't have lost. I'm trying to bounce back from that.
1: And the the tough competition doesn't stop, uh, didn't stop last week. You have to go on to take on May River this week. What's the key to, to gain the W tonight against May River, we actually can't play them. We can't play tonight. Oh, you're not. Oh, who are you guys in quarantine or are they? We are. Ah, so do you know if is, is that? Uh, do you know how it how that may impact next week?
4: Uh, I think we're back a lot on. Tuesday. And we'll play Dorman that week instead of the Carolina Forest.
1: Yes. How Sorry. that that that's another big uh matchup between two powerful five A schools. How how big would it be for to be able to beat Dorman? Uh it would be
4: like a big like showing for the state, like like, we might, we might take one out, but, like, we can always bounce back and come back even harder.
1: Do you, uh, mo- moving back to your commitment to SC State, do you know, uh, do you have any ideas of what you may major in or any ideas of what you want, want to study there?
4: All right, now I'm just fine between two things, between architecture mm-hmm. or my grandma actually got me into this nursing because she's a nurse and she was telling me about being a travel nurse and all this other stuff for her
1: being in the army is, is she still in the nursing field right now uh yes sir uh, well i i hope that she's staying safe and everything out there uh because i know it's it's crazy right now for yes sir well, uh, thanks a lot for joining me this morning, Andre, and uh wish you the best of luck. Hopefully the team can get back on the field soon and uh good good luck against Dorman next week and, and gang moving forward into your senior year and moving on to SA State.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Yep. Thank you. Once so, again that was Andre Washington, back. Um and hey, I didn't I didn't even realize that uh, that that Ridgeview was in quarantine. I guess that that must have been something that came through um, recently. Let me look to see what kind of updates uh, there are. Yeah, because there. I I didn't see that one come uh. Come come over the wire this past week, so tough tough break for for Ridview because they're they were wanting to, obviously you know get get back into things and and get back. Uh oh, actually I I do see it now. Uh, Ridview and I did have that um that that came out early last week late right last week um, with uh, May River now playing Thompson from, from Georgia uh, but yeah so you know this is going to be uh, Ridgeview having to face off against Dorman next week that's going to be a tough matchup for them Um but yeah, nice, nice talking to Andre, and and good good luck for him, to him moving forward. Uh, before I get into, and I'll, I'll talk about all the craziness uh, in in high school sports in just a little bit. Go through some recruiting notes and kind of segue from college into high school uh, because the NCAA has decided to go ahead, and they have officially announced that they are expanding the signing class uh, for this year. Because this is more than just a this year problem. Yes, this year may be a little bit crazier just because of super seniors and, and all of that. But transfer portal the way it is, this is going to be something that's going to continue uh, beyond this this year. So this may stick around, but at least for this year, uh, coaches will be allowed to replace up to seven players who leave via the transport transfer portal, uh, increasing the potential max class size to 32. So you have the 25 players that you're allowed to bring in already but then you have an additional potential seven if players leave uh via the transfer portal so if you know so if let's say you have six players leave portal then you'd have 31 spots so it's not at the most that you can have is seven but if only three or four players leave then you you only get those extra spots Uh, so that it's good for, uh, it's good for the players, uh, or it's good for, well, it's good for the players. It's good for the teams because now they have that extra breathing room and they don't have to worry about the transfer portal quite as much, um, but, yeah, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how that thing's uh, moving forward in terms of, you know, uh, whether, you know, whether that means players early. and it, it, It's going to make things different, that's for sure. It's going to be another one of those things that, Coaches are going to have to learn how to cope with and how to adapt to and and all of that, all of that good stuff. Um, but outside of that, some other recruiting notes. Uh, go through some some recruits that uh, were either offered or signed this week. Carson Black from Nation Four was offered by App State. Trey Horn from Wren was offered by Marshall. Brandon Sissy from Lakewood offered by Georgia State. Amon Smalls from Buford offered by Coastal. Tashaun Brooks from Dutch Fork offered by Maryland. Zaire Gamble from Sumter offered by Charlotte right after, uh, he got offered on Sunday right after having a big game against Carolina Forest, uh, this past week. Um, Talk more about Sumter and Carolina Forest in a little bit. Uh, on the basketball court, Cam Scott from Lexington offered by Virginia Tech. Brandon Gardner, uh, now elsewhere but originally from Gray Collegiate, offered by Yale. And Greg Jackson from Ridview, offered by Alabama. Uh, this week commitment-wise, Sawyer Whitman from Gaffney committed to Citadel. And on the baseball diamond, Davis Rivers from A.C. Flora committed to Wofford. Like I mentioned, lots of games canceled this week, along with a big, uh, along with a big, a, a big staple in both North Carolina and St- South Carolina over the years. Uh, that has also been canceled for this year, for the second year in a row. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But first, let's get through the games. Uh, Barnwell against Burke was canceled on Friday. That was supposed to be played last week, the last minute. Like I mentioned, I I missed this. I forgot that this uh, came out last week. Ridgeview and May River canceled. May River now playing Thompson from Georgia. Fox Creek and Lower Richland canceled. 96 and Saluda canceled. Saluda now playing Rayburn County from Georgia. So a couple of Georgia teams stepping up and playing South Carolina teams. Ware, Scholes, and Whitmire canceled. Manning and Battery Creek canceled. Battery Creek uh Originally rescheduled to play Ridgeland-Hardyville, so they will not play at all this week. Great Collegiate versus Andrew Jackson was canceled, and Great Collegiate decided, hey, we have the opening now. We're going to take advantage of this, and we're going to play one of the big dogs again after beating Ridgeview last week. They're playing against Gaffney tonight. And that should be an interesting game to see if Grey collegiate can do it again. I know that a lot of people don't like it. Don't like what's going on with the collegiate schools and, and all of that. But Hey, you know what? It, you know, they're giving you the opportunity. If you want to show that, you know, you're better than them, uh, show it on the field. They're giving you that opportunity. B against Buford was canceled. Louisville against C A Johnson canceled. Batesburg-Leesville John canceled. Lewisville will now face off against Batesburg-Leesville tonight. Lee Central against Latta canceled. Hannah Pamplitko, uh picked up a game against Ainer. Uh Saint James against Sumter was canceled uh, earlier in the week, and then Conway canceled their game against Blythewood so that they could play something this week uh, to get their first region game, well, semi-region game out of the way. Uh, Carolina Forest against Socrates was canceled yesterday. That was a big uh, shock that came out yesterday. And Socrates, as of right now, still trying to get a game. Somehow. Uh, And they're... uh, They mentioned last night, or yesterday, that they're going to try until 9 a.m. this morning to try to get a, a new game in. But the question is going to be whether or not they're going to be able to. Um, I I kind of doubt they're going to be able to get a game uh, on that short of notice. We'll have to wait and see, though, but I kind of doubt it. Um, and what's crazy about this whole thing with Region six five a is how they pushed up. They they decided to go to this double double round robin format with only the whatever last game you play against a certain team is um only that game counts. To wonder now with you know because let's look at it right now. Let's look at it right now, real quick. Thus far, only two region games have been played amongst the the region, uh, amongst you know the region foes. Two of the you know first round of the double round robin games have been played. Sumter beating Carolina Forest and St. James being Sockety last week. This week, we are getting Conway and Sumter. So, Sumter has two of their games done already, but everyone else just has one. And we're already three weeks into the format. Because the first week that it was originally supposed to start, no one played. This was supposed to start week three. Well, week two, technically. This was supposed to start week two, but because of cancellations, no one, the only team that played week two was Carolina Forest, and they had to play New Hanover. So, now, and this is something that I'm going to ask Ian Garen at 9 o'clock. Now, with those teams being where they are and 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 having those issues does does this impact the schedule moving forward into the second round because the second round of games was supposed to start next week Or not next week, the week after next, rather. Next week was going to be the last week of the first round. So now does this potentially change? Because here's the thing, too. Here's the thing, too, about it. Let's look at Carolina Forest for a second. The only game that they played was against Sumter. So obviously the game against Ca canceled tonight. Game next week against Conway up in the air right now. Now, if the Conway game gets cancelled, then obviously you the the next game would have been at would be at Conway, as of right now. That would start the second round of Ruby games. The week after that, uh, Carolina Forest is supposed to play Sumter. Now, do you potentially push that Sumter game to the back of the schedule just in case to make sure that you get the at least the opportunity? to play both City and St. James to make sure you get at least one game in against each team. That's a question that is going to have to be answered. And as we move, you know, because that was the whole point of the double round robin format was to make sure that everyone plays everyone at least once. So now the question is, now that this has already kind of hit a road bump, how does it impact the remainder of the schedule? That's going to be a question that I'm going to have to ask Ian this morning at 9 when he comes on. Because it's an interesting concept. It's an interesting question of how how exactly does this work now um and and what what makes you know who who makes these calls and i mean it seems like everyone just seems to be passing the buck cuz even the region you know when it came to um what was originally going to happen uh well when it came to the game between Saucasey and St. James last week, after I think, yeah, after Conway um, was in quarantine, it seems like it seems like the region isn't even doing the rescheduling. It's the schools individually doing the rescheduling, and and the region is just basically saying, "Okay, that works," you know. So a situation like this where each team needs to play a certain team in order to get each team in and make sure that they do or is the region just going to allow them to do it on their own or is the region going to step in and say okay this is what we're doing that's the big question mo- moving into the next couple of weeks so a few other uh, cancellation or a few other uh, games that were uh, put on the schedule. Uh, Irmo uh, put James Island onto the schedule for this week. That game was subsequently canceled, and Irmo is now playing Central Davidson from North Carolina. A lot of North Carolina and Georgia games this year have been necessary due to uh, all the cancellations this year. And I wouldn't mind seeing this continue. I mean you see it every you see it every year every now and again and obviously South Carolina teams wanna play South Carolina teams. But seeing the interstate battles is is fun to see. Uh, airport is now playing Swansea tonight. Uh Odessa versus Drear, um is not cancelled but is moved to saturday morning so that that could be an interesting game uh tomorrow mor tomorrow morning and uh region one one a uh has pushed up their region games to give them a little extra time, which is good which is good, but still you know it's um I'm surprised that it's happening this late into the game. Uh, last week, oh, one other game. Chapman and Newberry was moved to Monday, so they will play on Monday instead. Uh, I think that was from last week, if I remember correctly. Um, but... Yeah, last um or excuse me. Last week uh there were a few pretty big upsets actually last week. Last week was the week of upsets. Um Gilbert This wasn't exactly an upset, but the craziest game of the week was, hands down, Gilbert being Hartsville, 48-47. Hartsville got the touchdown at the end of the game, and if they had kicked the field goal, they would have tied it and sent it to overtime, but they decided to go for the two-point conversion and failed and lost the game as a result. And that that oh, that always begs the the age-old question of what do you do in that sort of scenario? Do you, you know, do you kick the field goal and you know, uh do you kick the field goal and send it to overtime or do you uh You know, do you go for the two-point conversion to win the game right then and there? My thought has always been... Now, obviously, it depends upon what kind of team you are, and especially in high school, it depends upon what your kicker is like and all of that. But, uh... But when, uh... But when it comes to, uh... W you know, but when it comes to a situation like that, I always seem to I'm I'm one of those few, you know, uh more conservative uh where I would say get into overtime and, and win in overtime. Now obviously if you're if you don't trust your defense, if you don't trust your kicker, that's a completely different story. But just based on my thought on the matter I would rather have you know have the shoe in extra point and win in overtime rather than have the uncertainty of the two-point conversion so I'll take a quick break and come right back when I come back I will have Lou Bejack from the state joining me uh have a few other notes to talk about around the state in terms of high school Get you ready for uh, week three, um, or excuse me, actually week four, uh, tonight. and, uh, And get you ready for some more high school football action. And also talk about some crazy matchups from last night. And we'll talk to Lou about that in just a little bit. So keep it locked right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
2: Ride till I can't no more I'm
4: gonna take my horse To the old town road I'm gone ride till I can't no more I got the horses in the bag Horse stock is attached Head is mad at black Got the boots black to match Riding on a horse ha, You can whip your Porsche I've been in a valley You ain't been up off that Porsche Now nah, can't nobody tell Ain't nobody there.
2: Maserati sports car.
1: Welcome back to Sports Unlimited, right here on Southern Sports Central, and as promised, got Lou Bezak from the state joining me this morning. Good morning, Lou.
3: Good morning, Brandon. How you doing?
1: Pretty good. You had a uh, busy and crazy night last night,
3: didn't you? Yeah, it was uh, uh, definitely uh, a wild football one of the wild, more wild football games that I've seen in a long time, and and then you had the news with the Shrine Bowl uh, uh breaking uh late last night which kind of was a surprise i think they're it's uh <laughs> rushing the judgment a little bit i mean i get i get why they did it but i mean it's <laughs> wait wait a little bit longer i mean i mean you don't know what this thing's going to do by november but i i understand with the logistics with the hotel rooms and all all the other stuff um they just i just don't think they want to deal with uh all the protocols and all the other stuff that's going to go along with hosting a game like this.
1: Yeah. Well, let's start with the game that you covered last night. Fairfield Central beating Keenan 67-66 in five overtimes last night. Where does that game rank on the most exciting games that you've ever seen? And what was your biggest takeaway from that game?
3: It's hard it's definitely one probably in the top ten for sure uh, that I've seen in person in the 20-plus years that um, I, I've been covering high school football. A um, couple of different takeaways. Uh, number one, both teams, I, I think, have a chance to uh, win a playoff game or two. I think that region, uh, region 4-3-A, um, you look at um, Keenan and Fairfield and Chester and Low Richland, um, Chester and Low Richland went three – um Mm -hmm. three overtimes last night um so or actually two overtimes but um i I think that region's kind of under the radar um keenan's probably one of the most improved teams in in the state uh under coach mcleod in his first year then they had to deal with the death uh, of one of their players a few weeks ago um marquise williams is really good at running back i think he scored four or five touchdowns last night fairfield central um not as big as they usually are as far as size-wise, but uh, Stephon Gadsden, I think, has been there for, been a starting quarterback for three or four years, and th- that kind of helped. Um, both teams need to work on the special teams. Obviously, Keenan doesn't have a kicker. That's why they had to keep going for two. Um, and then Fairfield didn't use a kicker until the overtime, and he missed the first two field extra points that would have wanted. it. They weren't even close, and then they decided to uh, kick the one after they, uh, scored the last touchdown, and um, Mark uh, Matthew Few hit, hit the game winner. So it's uh, both teams have some work to do, but they got strong running games and uh, veteran. Like I said, uh, veteran quarterbacks: um, Gadson for Fairfield and Hernandez O'Neill for Keenan, and, and Marquise Williams uh, did a heck of a job running the ball last night.
1: And like you mentioned, this wasn't the only game that went into overtime and had some excitement in uh, Region 4-3A, with Lower Richland uh, also going into double overtime in their win over Chester. How big of a win is that for Lower Richland? They AC Flora last week.
3: Yeah, it was good. They needed to bounce back. Uh, They struggled a little bit offensively or converting in the red zone, especially last week. I think they had four trips inside the 20 and only scored one touchdown. Um, They're definitely a team to watch out for. Uh, They got a very good uh, quarterback in Robert Adams, and their skill guys, they got two good running backs in Barney and Pearson, and then skill guys with Branch and Lucas and uh, Campfield uh, are – (laughs) <laughs> They're really talented, and they, they can do things with the ball in their hand. So um, I think it's a big confidence booster for them. Uh, Chester kind of been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, they did the rally last night. They were down 14 nothing in the fourth, and like I said, forced overtime. But uh, mm-hmm. it sets up a big matchup next week uh, with uh, Little Richland and Fairfield, each of them coming off the win, and see if um, the winner is kind of, Sets himself in a nice position at, at 2-0 in the region.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think we would both have to agree that probably would be create the, the odds-on favorite to win the region. Uh, how much of a factor, I mean, obviously they have a week to prepare for that game, but how much of a factor do you think fatigue after playing these, you know, long overtime games, especially for Fairfield Central, how do you think? How much of, of a factor do you think fatigue is going to play in that game?
3: Oh, it's uh, one good thing they had an extra day having uh, playing on okay. a Thursday night, so you get a couple extra days rest. I'm sure they won't. Um, both coaches won't bring their team back in until Sunday until and get ready then. So give give your guys a couple get their legs underneath, um, get um, hydrated, get get ready to go. But, yeah, I think uh, they'll be ready to go as far as uh, uh, next week. It should be fun. Uh, I would give the edge to Lower Richland just because a little bit bigger up front, and I think their defense is a little bit better.
1: We We just talked about how that game probably will be the deciding factor for the region, but, you know, just off of the first night, it looks like this region could go right down to the wire. Uh, who do you see? Who do you see winning the region? And do you think it may come down to that last weekend?
3: It could, and it will be done early since they moved up their region games. Assuming that the other games don't get uh, uh, postponed, um, I think Little Richland's definitely the favorite. Um, even though they lost last night, I would put Keenan right up there. Maybe second. Um, I don't know if they can beat Lower Richland, but uh, I think they can give Chester, give Chester and Lower Richland uh, both good games. And uh, um, Fairfield, obviously, will be right there. And that uh, Fairfield-Chester game, I mean, it, it's going to go down to the wire. I mean, the last week of their region, I, I think. But I would say Lower Richland is definitely the favorite.
1: Like you mentioned before, uh, the other big news that came out last night was the suspension of the Shrine Bowl again this year. Um, I know you think it was a little early to decide to cancel it, but what have you talked to any other coach, any coaches around the area, and their reactions to it being uh, suspended this year again?
3: Yeah, they're definitely not happy. That's for sure. I think it's a way too. D- Done way too early, and uh, they were uh, a couple of ones I, I talked to were under their impression. I mean, they talked with some of the assistant coaches about as far as rosters and their players, and just as uh, just yesterday, in fact. So, yeah, I think they were caught off guard. I'm supposed to talk with uh, uh, Jerry Brown, the head, head coach of the Shrine Bowl uh, South Carolina team, in a little bit. Um, we'll get his thoughts and see uh, what he was told. If he knew anything before last night, or or if he was caught off guard, he's been waiting to coach the coach to Shrine Bowl be the head coach. I mean, that's one of the only things he hasn't done in his career. And Now, for the second straight year, he has to uh, put it on hold. We'll see. We'll see what they do. I mean, they they let all the coaching staff uh, be the same for the last two years, so I don't know if you're going to carry over the coaching staff for a third year. So uh, we'll see what happens with that as well.
1: Bay, uh, this may be something that you'll have to ask him when you talk to him, but based on your understanding, if a player gets named to the Shrine Bowl since they're not playing, can they still also be named to another uh, all-star game like the North South uh, Bowl?
3: Yeah, well, I'll have to ask. I think last year you weren't because they still named a team last year. Um yeah but well they were planning on playing the north south but then they didn't end up they didn't end up naming teams I don't believe for north south so we'll see i know some of the guys like that are already um going to play in national all-star games um so that that pro- they probably wouldn't play in the north south but other guys that might um they they might let them we'll see what happens then there's other kind of um local all-star games um, as well. We have one in Columbia and there's a couple other ones, so we'll see how all that shakes out there as well.
1: Looking at tonight, uh, where are some of the games to keep an eye on uh, for tonight?
3: Well, uh, around here we got, I mean, uh, Brooklyn Casey and Chapin and AC Florin and Camden are really good uh, matchups. Uh, probably one of the biggest, uh, most intriguing ones. Um, kind of one of the teams right at the edge of our coverage area. Saluda uh, playing Raven County out of Georgia. They picked up this game on, on Saturday. Um, both teams needing the game, and uh, Saluda Raven County has, uh, well, I think, the fifth rate, rated uh, quarterback prospect in the country. And uh, Gunner Stockton committed to Georgia was a USC, South Carolina commit. So it will be a great uh, challenge for Saluda, but they're they're looking forward to it. They it's a home game, and uh, you don't get uh, to play. Teams the quality of uh, Raven County that often, so I know it's gonna. It's a big night for their program, which uh, won a state championship a couple years ago, and are off. are undefeated here, so I think that'll be a fun matchup. You got Dutch Fork going to Greenwood, uh, two unbeaten teams, two really good programs, and uh, that that should be a fun uh, matchup as well.
1: How how big uh, you know? Since you mentioned the the matchup between Dutch Fork and Greenwood. You know, not at not as big of a gap, five A and four A, but how big of an impact? Um, and it was funny we talked about it last week. You didn't, you thought Ridgeview would be able to beat Gray last week uh, Gray with would big upset um, over Ridgeview. How big of an impact on just the state as a whole have been these? You know, lower lower classification teams being the the five A and four A.
3: Yeah, it's it's big impact. You saw it, too, with Southside beating Greer last week. Um, Gray, they beat Ridgeview. Uh, then uh, they had their game canceled this week, but they picked instead of uh, which, and then next week was supposed to be their bye week, but then you pick up Gaffney, I mean, a, a top-five team, another top-five team in 5A. So uh, a, lot, a lot of teams around here won't play them, so Gray, Gray's not afraid to go play anyone, and they got the team this year to uh, challenge in. uh to play higher classification, so you might as well do it. Um, So it's it's good. Greenwood's been 5A uh, for most of the time. They just dropped to 4A a few years ago, so it should be a good matchup. Uh, Great atmosphere up in uh, Greenwood. Um, The the stadium's beautiful. Um, Dutch Fork coming off a a bye week. uh, They've kind of had to stop and start. and They had the death of uh, one of their players as well, so I think they'll be ready. I know Greenwood fans are looking forward to this, but uh, we'll see. Dutch Fork looks to be pretty strong, and we'll see uh, how they perform after the week off. They basically have played. uh, This will be their second game in four weeks, so we'll see how they perform.
1: Well, where are you, uh, hey, tonight?
3: Uh, Brooklyn, Casey, and Chapin which one of I mean, BC, a top five team in 3A, which won at Chapman last week, which is really good. And Chapin, I mean, they're off, they're, uh, t- I think, ranked sixth in 5A, undefeated. Uh, they played on Monday, so I know they'll be a little bit fatigued in that, and uh, their defense definitely will be challenged by Brooklyn Casey's offense, which is pretty good, even though they lost their uh, top receiver last week uh, w- with an injury for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, that should be a fun game to watch. Hopefully, for your sake, so you're not getting home at you know two o'clock in the morning. That well, That's at least, not... least
3: it's a little closer, I It's should... not that. about yeah, eleven o'clock uh, leaving the stadium at eleven o'clock last night. I feel bad for these kids. I've got to go to school today too, so I know oh. <laughs> there'll be a lot, a lot of kids that'll be dragging um, in class today.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, should be a good one tonight over at. Uh, Is it – it's at Chapin tonight.
3: Yeah, it's in Chapin at uh, Cecil Woolbright Stadium.
1: Have fun over there, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
3: All right. Thanks, Brandon.
1: Thanks a lot. Once again, Lou Bejik from the state. Lots of good uh, tidbits from him. And, you know, I – since, since we talked about it, and since it was, you know, it is a big talking point. Well, first off, let me just say that is the 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 craziness of of what happened last week. Uh, right, excuse me, what happened last night? Um, and Laura Richland and Chester both going into overtime. What a way to start off the week in in high school football, um, with a couple of of big big games. Um, but you know, yeah, he he he's right. I I could only imagine uh, how bad those those players, especially you know when you're when you're traveling like that um how you must feel this morning that's for sure um but yeah you know tonight obviously like you mentioned Brooklyn Casey against Chapin is going to be a good matchup um a couple of other matchups oh real quick before I get to that um like I mentioned um Big upset last week, twenty eight eighteen over Ridgeview. Brooklyn Casey also upset Chapman last week. So, you know, last week was upset week here in South Carolina. That is for sure. Uh, and, you know, it, it's fun to see. That's what you like to see. No matter what level of competition you're at, you like seeing those upsets. You like seeing, you know, not being sure who's going to win a game every on a given week, even with the classification or whatnot. Uh, this week, Northwestern and Greenville, that's going to be a good game. South Florence and South Point should be a good one, like we mentioned with Lou. Dutch Fork and Greenwood, that's going to be a fun game tonight. Flora and Camden, and Great Falls and Lamar. And like like Lou mentioned, uh, Shrine Bowl canceled again this year. Um, My thoughts on it, I'm kind of mixed. Because I understand both sides. I understand why you you may not necessarily want to make you know the hotel reservations and all of that and and whatnot, um, and risk that potential of you know losing it. And I wonder if this had anything to do with. I I have a feeling that that was the primary reason where. They had to make the reservations for the hotel X amount of time ahead of time in order to get that many rooms. And thus, this would have been the time that they would have needed to figure it out. And they basically asked themselves, do we really want to risk it? And they answered no. But I would have tried to wait until, you know, At least the beginning of, you know, give it another couple of weeks. Because it seems to me as though it is starting to simmer down a little bit. Maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm wrong. But it does seem like things are starting to simmer down a little bit. Not much, really. But uh, maybe a tiny, tiny bit. And who knows where we're going to be by October or November. And, you know, this has been the talking point about this pandemic for over a year now, over a year and a half now at this point of, oh, let's wait where we are in two or three weeks. Let's see where we are in a month. Let's see where we are in two months. You know, and I understand that, you know, unfortunately, with how things are going, that's not going to end any time soon. But, at the same time, I understand why, you know, I understand why they did it, but I also understand that they, if they had the option, I would have chose to wait a little bit longer and and see what, what happened. Um... You know, but that's just me. We're gonna ask Ian Garen, who is the uh p r director for the north south bowl um ask him what what the latest is on that um, whether whether that's going to continue uh that will continue as planned at this point, or if they're considering canceling this season as well, uh, or what what the latest is on that front. So that's definitely something we're going to ask Ian in just a little under 10 minutes. Uh, He will be joining me this morning. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see what, what happens, uh, with, with all of that, you know, uh, oh, okay, he, uh, Ian actually just posted on Twitter that, as of right now, the North-South Bowl is going to proceed as planned. Um, as of right now, player selection will be a little different, uh, that I'm going to ask him about when he comes on in just a little bit, but good news for, uh, you know, fans of the North South bowl and, and just, you know, post-season football, uh, post-season all-star games that the North South bowl will occur. As you as planned as usual tonight or uh, in December, so you know that that's always a fun one, and, and it's here in Myrtle Beach. Should be fun. Um, I may, I, I'm I'm going to try to talk to Ian about potentially trying to call that game, um, but we're gonna we we'll see we'll we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, so that's some good breaking news right there that, you know, while the Strine Bowl has been canceled, North-South Bowl is still on. Uh, one final note real quick, uh, before I take a break. Camden head coach, Brian Rimpf, who, you know, last week, he was, uh, he was put on, uh, you know, administrative leave for an undisclosed reason. He's been reinstated, uh, this week after a huge outpouring of support by people all, you know, all over the Camden area. Uh, and he posted that he appreciated and all of that um so he is back he will be back on the sidelines camden uh so that'll that'll bring me to a break i'll take a quick break come right back uh, We'll uh coming on at the top of the hour right here on sports unlimited on southern sports central back to sports unlimited right here on southern sports central as we await ian garrin from Maori news calling in this morning the, uh, the ranking the the media poll this week for high school football we'll start off with uh 5a dutch forks surprise surprise about one with 16 first place votes for dorchester Still at two with uh, still at two. No first place vote for them, but still good team there. Gaffney jumps up from four to three. TL Hannon drops down from three to four. Northwestern jumps up from six to five. Chapman jumps up from eight to six. Ridgeview drops down from five to seven. Dormant from 10 to 9. Woodmont jumped up from not being ranked to 10. Drops all the way out of the polls from 7 to receiving votes. Also receiving votes, Spring Valley, Riverside, Lexington, Sumter, Malden, Stratford, Goose Creek, and Spartanburg. Caroline Forest completely drops out of the poll after their loss to Sumter last week. Not really all that surprising there, uh, if you really think about it. <clears throat> 4A, AC Flora at 1 with 15 first-place votes, Greenville at 2 with one first-place vote, Myrtle Beach at 3, South Point at 4, Greenwood at 5, North Myrtle Beach at 6, Buford at 7, South Florence at 8, Catawba Ridge at 9, and West Florence gets into the polls, jumping up from not being ranked. May River drops down into the receiving votes category from 10 over C and last Yermo and West Side. So not much of a change in four A. But that's because a lot of those schools did what they needed to do and and won their games last week. So, you know, as long as as long as you're winning, you're not moving uh in the polls, unless you're moving up because of someone else losing. In three A, Daniel at one with 16 1st place votes. Dylan Dylan at two. Camden jumps up from Four to three Brooklyn Casey jumps from five to four Chapman drops from three to five Clinton jumps up from eight to six Ayner at seven Gilbert jumps up from ten to eight Chester jumps up from six to sorry excuse me Chester drops down from six to nine Powderville jumps up from not being ranked to tenth Lower Richland drops down from ninth into the receiving votes Also receiving votes, Hanahan, Fairfield Central, and Seneca. You have to imagine that those two votes in Lower Richland and Fairfield Central may get a few more votes if not getting put into the poll uh, next week with their wins against Keenan and Chester. Uh, Especially with Chester... You know, they, they dropped from six to nine this week. But next week, you would have to imagine after their loss, they're going to drop down into the receiving votes category uh, next week, if not completely out of the polls. 2A, Abbeville at one with 12 first-place votes. Great Collegiate getting some first-place votes now with three at number two. Uh, not really all that surprising there that they're getting some votes now uh after their win over Ridgeview last week and they hey, if they're able to somehow beat Gaffney next week, who knows? They may be the first they may jump up to number one. Probably not. But you know, that's that's gonna be an interesting matchup, those two. And if I remember correctly, let, let, let me let me look at this for a second real quick hold on a second let me let me look at this real quick gray collegiate Let's see where gray collegiate is in terms of what Oh, no, okay, they're in Region 3. So, yeah, okay, so they they would not be able to face each other in the state championship game. They would have to face off in the upper state championship game. But still, you know, basically whoever wins that game between those two, I I think we can all agree that those two – are going to be the two teams to face off against each other in upper state. Uh, whoever wins that matchup, I think almost assuredly, is going to win win it all this year. But who knows? You know, Saluda may have uh, uh, something to say about that. Uh, they jumped up from four to three uh, this week. And, you know, they're uh, – See. they're actually also they're they're in the same region as great collegiate so they're actually also an upper state champion team the only lower state the only lower state team that i think you know i mean silver bluff potentially at five but you know marion dropped down from three to four uh but i think they're they're definitely the odds-on favorite uh in 2a uh for the lower state at this point um, Silverbluff at five, Barnwell at six, Andrews at seven, Philip Simmons drops from nine to eight, or jumps up from nine to eight. Uh, Timberland jumps up from not not being ranked to ninth. Uh, Wade Hampton, there were th- uh, there's a three way tie for tenth this week in two A. Wade Hampton jumps up from not being ranked to tie for tenth. Saint Joseph's dropped down from eight to t- to be tied for tenth. And Christchurch, also receiving votes dropping down from 9 is Newberry. Also receiving votes is Lake Marion, Woodland, Andrew Jackson, and Pageland Central. And then finally in 1A, Southside Christian, surprise, surprise, they're at uh, number 1 with 15 first place votes. Bamberg Earhart jumps up from 3 to 2. Whale Branch jumps from 4 to 3. Lamar drops from 2 to 4. Blackville Hilda jumps from 6 to being tied for 5th. Lakeview jumps up from 7th to being tied for 5th. Great Falls ju- jumps up from 8 to 7. Louisville drops from 5 to 8. Spring Minetta drops or jumps up from not being ranked to 9th. Hannah Pamplinko uh jumps up from or drops down from 8 to 10. Dropping from ten, the 10th spot and to receiving votes is Baptist Hill, also receiving votes Wagner, Sally, and Johnsonville. Looking real quick once again, still no, uh, still no Ian Guerin this morning. Um, I know that he mentioned uh, last night when I talked to him you know, he may or may not be able to come on the show this morning. So let me just look real quick, see if there's any last-minute uh, news pieces, see if Sokka has announced yet uh, if they will be playing uh, this week or not. At this point, I'm assuming not, but let's just wait. Let's just see. Uh real quick uh, nothing on uh Steve yet so I'm assuming they're not playing this week but keep track on Twitter to see uh, what's going on but um, with that being said I think uh, this morning with with Ian uh coming on and, and what not gonna sign off a little early this morning. Uh so hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um lots of good games this week, lots of good uh matchups uh to talk about for next week and you know, we got college football, we got uh we got NFL, so the season is in full swing now and hopefully we can get through it without any more issues unfortunately there have been plenty thus far but that'll just about wrap it up for me this morning hope you guys enjoyed the show uh, and uh, hope you guys join me next week for more Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Unlimited so long everyone